1: And a very good Tuesday morning to you, January 24th at 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Brenda, let me just tell you this right now. What's that? What a pleasure it is to work with you today.
2: (laughs) What a very nice compliment. Thank you for that.
1: Well, and the reason I'm telling you this.
2: (laughs) is There's always a reason.
1: That's true. It's National Compliment Day.
2: Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. There you go. Uh, now I'm going to have to think of a compliment for you. Let's see yes, here. That's David. A, that's a stretch. It's wonderful to work with you. I can always rely on you to fix my mistakes when we come in and I don't have all the settings right. That
1: is true. Well, you're <laughs> you're welcome.
2: Yeah, thanks.
1: Uh, my favorite complimenter, though, of all. Yes? That would be Eddie Haskell.
2: Oh, he made it an art. Yes.
1: My, Mrs. Cleaver. Mrs. Cleaver. What a lovely dress you're wearing this morning. (laughs) Thank you, Eddie.
2: Thank you, Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) National give a compliment.
1: For you youngsters, you may not get that reference. But uh, if you remember, leave it to Beaver. Eddie Haskell was
2: the friend. You know, receiving compliments, people sometimes have difficulty with that. And I think it is, uh, you know, sometimes they talk about that lie, that internal lie that we listen to. And it makes it difficult for people to accept compliments about themselves. You think, oh, that's not really true. They're just saying something nice. It's National Compliment Day. He doesn't really think that. (laughs) He just made that up to say something, you know. And we've got to learn to not listen to that voice. And accept a compliment for exactly what it is—exactly S- something nice about you. Are a lovable yeah. person who has done good things, and you know a compliment is worthy.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, I like that. That's okay. very true. Yeah, a lot of people I think are you know humble, embarrassed sometimes by a compliment. Oh shucks. You oh know? thanks. Thank you.
2: They yes. don't really mean that.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Right? <laughs> no,
1: I do really. Mean I really you.
2: do mean that, yeah. David. You Thank always you. help me out.
1: Well, so. you as well. So anyway, <laughs> here we are. It's the uh, Mutual Admiration Society this morning. So how are you feeling today?
2: I'm feeling much better. Yeah, you look better. Thank you. Yesterday, yeah. I was wondering why I had come to work yeah. in the morning. It been... took me a while to kind of get my day moving. Today, I feel fantastic. Ready to go. Ready to go. You know something, David, I can't believe I forgot to ask you about this yesterday. Mm-hmm. Did it snow in Portland on Saturday? Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Big time!
2: It did, yeah, See, and it did in Vancouver too. Yeah, who knew? I know. Where was it in the report <laughs> that snow was in the forecast? Nothing stuck ever. No, but there was some big white flakes coming down oh. for a little while.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. In fact, I was kind of amazed. It's like, wow. In fact, I was out driving. I was running some shores, and I was driving in heavy snow, and it's just like, wow, this is kind of crazy. Didn't stick, so it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't tricky driving, but it was pretty.
2: It was very pretty. Yeah. Now, I've checked two sources uh, looking ahead to the end of the week because I heard this on the radio, but National Weather has not talked about this. It's not on their radar. They say by the weekend we're going to get some frigid air coming down from Canada Mm -hmm. and we could be seeing that again, a little bit of transition of rain-snow mix on some of the mornings leading into Sunday, Monday, Tuesday maybe.
1: Right. I see here I'm looking at Sunday. On the National Weather uh-huh. Service, it says slight chance of rain and snow showers, snow level four hundred feet. Yeah, but then sunny. But later sunny, in the yeah, day. later in the day. Yeah. So, but
2: like, just like it happened on Saturday, yeah. just kind of that transition time, we might be getting a little bit more. So
1: the low Sunday night twenty three.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that was chilly. the uh, see. That's that chilly Arctic air coming down from Canada.
1: I know. It's well, in. it's winter.
2: Get don't get your gloves put away or We coats. had
1: the big snowstorm last year. It was in March, wasn't it? We did. Didn't we I have a so. big? We big had a snow? couple of inches yeah. there. I mean, not uh, huge, but around yeah.
2: this time, it seems like over the past few years, kind of towards the end of January, well, is when we'll have that snowstorm that'll kind of shut us down for a little bit. Right. Uh, I think back in 2017 was just about a week ago the anniversary that we had like that eight ten inches yeah. across the region. So. See, I mean, we're, we're not out of winter by a long shot. We're not even in February. No. got a
1: long way to go. Uh, what do you have this morning?
2: Well, boy, David, this is some big news that broke open yesterday. For those of us living on the north side of the river in across the, the Archdiocese of Seattle, they launched their Partners in the Gospel Initiative. But for the faithful coming to Mass each week, see it as just closing. Many churches Mm. across Western Washington.
1: All right. This is big. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anxious to hear about that. Speaking of a big, how about that big sinkhole at Cape Kiwanda? What?
2: That that is incredible. Yeah.
1: So we both, we've been there, yes. we've walked this area, I've walked this area many times, and uh, anyway, kind of crazy, I saw the photos of this. Anyway, we'll talk about that as well in the news. All
2: right, we got a very full show to get to, so we better get after it. Here is Matt Marr and Deliverer. We are The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
3: I was a drifter, I know nowhere to go. I was hanging by threads of dust and bone. Every an angel I knew was singing, "Son, come home." But the melody was hard to sing along. Oh God, you might my deliverer. One I
1: Is Matt Marr and Deliverer. 710 at Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It's David and Brenda with you on this Tuesday morning. Well, we're going to learn about
4: Encounter Ministries coming to the area. It's right after the forecast.
5: Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Robert Barcelos in prayer with the morning offering. A morning prayer written by St. Therese, in the name of the Father,
6: and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O my God, I offer thee all my actions of this day, for the intentions and for the glory of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. I desire to sanctify every beat of my heart, my every thought, my simplest works by uniting them to his infinite merits. And I wish to make reparation for my sins by casting them into the furnace of his merciful love. O my God, I ask of thee for myself and for those whom I hold dear, the grace to fulfill perfectly thy holy will, to accept for love of thee the joys and sorrows of this passing life so that we may one day be united together in heaven for all eternity.
5: Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit maturadayradio.com. It may be hard to believe, but Ash Wednesday and the start of Lent are just days away. Get ready for this special season in the church with help from Mater De Radio. Unite with us in prayer during our three daily broadcasts of the Holy Mass, the sacred mysteries of the Holy Rosary, the chaplet of divine mercy and Catholic reflections that will enrich your life. Mater De Radio is also eager to pray for your personal requests through our prayer hotline, You can send an intention to our prayer team now by clicking the Pray button on the Hail Mary Media app and Matradayradio.com or call directly to the prayer hotline at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Lent will be here before you know it. Make sure you're ready to pray with the Hail Mary Media app and Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: It is 713 at Monterey Radio. Well, got a couple of advisories in effect mm. this morning. Have an air stagnation advisory in effect up and down the valley. Then in the central and southern portions of the valley, a fog advisory. Wow. So uh, if you're out there driving around, be careful. You could be encountering some fog this morning. We will see some partly sunny skies later today with a high of 45 degrees then patchy fog again overnight tonight, low of 38. And then for Wednesday, air stagnation advisory continues. Mostly cloudy skies, a high of 49.
2: Currently it is 40 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: And it is 39 degrees at Holy Cross Church in Portland.
2: When Christ sat with the apostles at the Last Supper, he spoke to them and said this, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or else, believe because of the works themselves. Amen, amen, I say to you. Whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and I will do greater ones than these because I am going to the Father. Well, then a few verses later, he goes on. I'm going to ask the Father, he says, He will give you another advocate to be with you always. Well, we know what happens in the Acts of the Apostles because they tell us of all the things the Apostles were able to do. Well, has that gift of Christ through the Holy Spirit, is it still among us today? Well, a school of ministry is preparing people to encounter the Holy Spirit. And joining me today is Kevin Minetti. He is the director of the Encounter School of Ministry set to open here in Portland later this year. Hello, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining the show today.
6: Hi, thanks for having me.
2: Well, Kevin, I read that that was uh, something that happened more than 2000 years ago. And I think about kids and young adults when they are presenting themselves for confirmation. We don't see flames of the Holy Spirit descending upon them. So I think we think that it's something different than what happened to the apostles versus what we see at confirmation. Is that the same thing? The gifts that the apostles received the same as what our kids are getting at confirmation?
6: I would say it's exactly the same. It's the same Holy Spirit. When Holy Spirit comes, sometimes um, there's something that's more, I want to say, just liturgical and how um, we traditionally experience Holy Spirit um, through the practical signs. But then there's also something that reacts to a gift of faith. And faith, we understand in in um, Saint Paul's letters, it says um, we are transformed by the renewal of our minds. So we actually get more full of faith the more that we come into agreement with what the father wants. That's why Jesus walked in that authority and with the power and signs and wonders is because his mind was completely conformed to his father. So he was able to receive those. So when you talk about the ministry school of what we're doing, it's all about that transformation. Who am I before God and how do I come into agreement with, with what he wants? And we find that when we, when we press into that agreement and we learn what, Jesus actually said, what the Bible actually said, um, more is available to us than than we ever thought. And that's that's what's intended, not just for the ones starting ministry schools, not for the ones in saint books, even though we have a wealth of history of all these saints that have so many signs, it's for every believer.
2: Kevin, I believe many people may be familiar with the charismatic movement and that's somehow people kind of like i I'm, I'm not too sure about that encounter ministry though sounds to be so much more full tell our listeners about what is encounter ministries and how it formed
6: absolutely so the the mission statement i would say of of encounter ministries is drawing from the richness of our catholic heritage encounter ministries exist to teach equip and and activate disciples to demonstrate the love of God through the power of the Holy Spirit to their sphere of influence. So we're really not we're, we're not calling ourselves charismatic although we believe that every person should have charisms um which are 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 the gifts of the Holy Spirit to empower the church to effectively evangelize. You can't dismiss the charismatic Dimension of the church, but I think the charismatic movements in the past have often developed um, a, a culture, um, if you will, to them. Um, where sometimes you see that they're operating in the charisms; other times you see maybe it's it's more emotion based um, that people want a place to express themselves. And and nothing against expressing emotions. I I personally love to express my emotions in my faith. I think that's part of being human. Um, but we also want to to really embrace the the orthodoxy of the church and how there's such such a rich foundation to our faith to the signs and wonders. I mean, you can't miss it if you go through the gospels or the the uh, acts of the apostles. It's like it's like a miracle book. I think I heard the statistic that one third of the gospels is Jesus's signs and wonders. So it just it blows me away um, to see. Uh, how much this is supposed to be a part of the life of the church. And it's not just a, a sideshow to our ministry and evangelizing. Something I do want to share, uh, I'm excited specifically to to start a campus in Portland. Um, this was one of the teachings that was part of the school. And there's this part of the Gospels where Jesus is, is, is saying his woes, like, woe to you, Jerusalem, woe to you! I, I'll miss the cities here, but he said, "If uh, Nineveh had seen the signs and wonders that you see, they would have believed. Or if Tyre and Sidon had seen what was done among among your midst, they would have believed." And some of sometimes we we look at that scripture and we think like, "Oh yeah, shame on you, shame on you," but you don't look at the other part. It says, "No, wait. wait. If the heathen territories, the ones that are unchurched," saw these signs and wonders, they would have believed. So that makes me really excited to start spreading the gospel in in power evangelization and equipping people to expect more in a place that is very unchurched. And to see, hey, if our traditional models aren't working, if, if people aren't really just listening to truth, they're, they're almost like, we've heard your morality, we know your religion, but I wanna see that I can actually have a real encounter We get to say, here's the foundation that we have in the history of of the Word that we can bring alive in our Catholic tradition and watch what God does and partner with that.
2: A Real Encounter is what Kevin hopes to bring to the Portland area in a new Encounter School of Ministries. It is set to begin bringing people into its classes later this year. Kevin is joining us today to tell us a little bit more about Encounter Ministries. Kevin, the movement of the church, I mean, from its beginning, it was a lay movement as then priests began to be ordained and bishops and cardinals began to organize the church. Is Encounter Ministries just that a a ministry for and led by lay people or are clergy very closely involved in bringing it forward?
6: Yeah, I'd say it's a beautiful partnership. Um, the executive director of Encounter Ministries is a lay person with a family. I think he has six children. Um, so just fully embracing the life of, of that vocation. But also the president um, and co-founder of Encounter Ministries is Father Matthias Thalen. They've had such a beautiful harmony of how they lead things Together, um, both from the lay perspective and uniting and equipping lay people to do more, so it's not all on the priests or not all on the bishops to take initiatives to evangelize. However, there there is also a great reverence and respect for the magisterium, and you'll notice if you've ever seen the Encounter logo, right in the middle of it is a monstrance. The symbol of the O is actually the Eucharist right there, um, because. This this is believing in in the power of the sacramental church. Um, Patrick Rice he has a a great testimony of his personal conversion to faith was feeling something supernatural as Jesus walked by him in a monstrance like he was he was physically affected, wow and and was blown away by that is that wouldn't have happened without having <laughs> the priestly ministry of bringing the Eucharist to us so.
2: Kevin Minetti joining us today. We are talking about Encounter Ministries. Kevin, I have really enjoyed our conversation so far today. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue our discussion in the next half hour?
1: Sounds great. And it is 722 at Mater Dei Radio. It is David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend this Tuesday morning. Well, Tuesday night, it's Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, host Dina Marie. Please join them 730 this evening or, of course, anytime on the Hail Mary media app. If you like, go to our website, materderadio.com. Click on the programming schedule and print yourself out a full program schedule. Again, that's MatardayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app.
4: Support for Matarday Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722.
7: The endurance of darkness is the preparation for great light. St. John of the Cross, a Spanish Carmelite from the 1500s wrote much about how our soul is being prepared by God, the great teacher. It is our own vanity and pride that brings darkness into our lives. But when we learn to be silent in prayer, to be still, it is then that God begins to heal our wounds and speaks to us. Saint John of the Cross spoke of our struggles drawing us closer to God with confidence, strength, and enlightenment. Like chasing a bird, understanding the workings of God may be very elusive. As we are transformed in small steps, we are gradually brought into the light of Christ. Yes. The endurance of darkness is the preparation for great light. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi.
8: Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Westside Masonry Incorporated, providing residential masonry projects in brick, block, concrete, and cultured stone. For more information on fireplaces, patios, driveways, hardscapes, excavation, retaining walls and fencing, call 503-805-7464. Westside
1: Masonry Incorporated, CCB number 167779. What do the famous Batmobile, Love Bug and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Day Radio. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you, and you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at matraderadio.com.
0: The Morning Blend. Two hours a day for Two Times the Fun. Two Times the Fun. On Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, you could see a change with COVID vaccinations. We'll tell you about it in the news.
2: And the Archdiocese of Seattle launched their Partners in the Gospel initiatives. Why the need to close churches? I will explain coming up. Here is Ricky Vasquez and House of Cards. We are the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: That is Ricky Vasquez and House of Cards. It's seven thirty at Matra Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news, citing a decline in both practicing Catholics and available resources, the Archdiocese of Seattle has become the latest U.S. diocese to announce that it will embark on a years-long parish consolidation initiative titled Partners in the Gospel, the process will follow a model used in other parish consolidation initiatives around the country where two or more parishes will come together to create a new parish family under the leadership of one pastor and one or more parochial vicars. Archdiocesan leaders said the initiative is essential given the present situation in Western Washington. With all of the changes that we are facing today, globally, culturally, and within the church, it is very clear the status quo is no longer an option, said Archbishop Paul Aitchen in a statement. Now, Partners in the Gospel is a plan for how we can embrace these realities with hope and confidence. Now, announcing the plan January 22nd, the Archdiocese highlighted the reality that while the population in Western Washington continues to grow, the number of practicing Catholics continue to decline as evidenced by fewer registered household, fewer people attending mass and drops in overall parish life. Now the reality is compounded by a decline in resources including priests, lay leaders and finances. So the Archdiocese of Seattle has 80 pastors for its 174 locations but predict the number of clergymen will decline to around 66 over the next 13 years. The archdiocese also expects to have fewer seminarians and lay ministers. Now as outlined by the archdiocese, the first step are parish and archdiocesan consultations that will begin this spring and the public will then have the opportunity to provide input on parish families in the fall. So here is the timeline for what the archdiocese of Seattle will be going through. So it was launched this month, Okay, that is the launch and introduction Mm -hmm. of the program. Spring and summer, there's a consultation process. Fall of 2023, public uh, comment. Then early in 2024, these parish families will be announced. Right. And by July, there will be consolidated and formed. There might be some kind of moving a little bit, uh, you know, depending on the area. Yeah. Between the years of 2024 and 2027, the parish families then discern what it means for their group and then come up with the plan. And then by 2027, those families will form one parish. All right. There is not a deanery in the Archdiocese of Seattle that will not be affected Mm -hmm. by it. That includes the Southern deanery and all the churches that we know across the river. right? The, there will be some effect from this.
1: Yeah, I, you know, again, hard to say if that'll mean church closures or what, what well, will happen they're,
2: there? They're, I don't know that they're saying closures. They're, they're trying to combine parishes yeah. and then the parishes themselves, the people will actually come up with a plan. Now they've had to do this kind of initially in uh, Tacoma area mm-hmm. and where two parishes combined, they came up with a new name for their parish oh, altogether. Okay. And that is the one, because some parishes in the Seattle area, they're just a mile or so from each right. other. So that's kind of where they started the process. So, but boy, this is a long process. We've got well the next three years to work say, on this. Yeah. But, you know, when you look at the idea that 66 priests and 174 locations. Yeah, that tells yeah, you right there. It, it says everything. Yeah.
1: Well, a small sinkhole measuring 20 feet wide and 15 feet deep was discovered at Cape Kiwanda State Natural Area Sunday in the lower northwest corner of the dune. Oregon Park and Recreation Department staff were alerted to the presence of the sinkhole Sunday morning and cordoned off the area for safety. They're asking that visitors respect the barrier and to keep pets on leashes and children away from edges. The Parks Department is looking into possible causes of the sinkhole and are continuing to monitor the situation this will say, Cape Kiwanda is a rarity for the Oregon coast as it is sandstone outcroppings. Sandstone is naturally much weaker and prone to sudden changes compared with harder rock-like basalt. While any natural areas carries risk, enjoying Cape Kiwanda safely requires visitors to, spe- to pay special attention. So we've been there uh, many, oh, many y- times.
2: Yeah, you and you told me about how much fun and how exciting you know, just wonderful it is to yeah. be there. So me and the family have been out there a few times. I looked at this picture Yeah, and it's kind of unusual. It's not a hole like going all the way to the ocean, but there was, I know you're not a Star Wars fan, but there was a Star Wars movie where they were going to throw all of the, uh, the, you know, the Star Wars cast and Luke Skywalker right. into this desert hole where there was this monster underneath. It's kind of what it, what it looks, looks like? like. Yeah, yeah. it kind of looks like there's something that might be kind of in the yeah. center of that. But yeah, uh, let the experts figure yeah. out what's going on. Pretty there. remarkable. Well, more sad news out of California. Seven people were killed in a mass shooting at two locations in the coastal northern California city of Half Moon Bay on Monday. And the suspect was arrested after driving to a police parking lot, apparently attempting to turn himself in, officials said. Now, the shooting in Half Moon Bay, it's about 30 miles south of San Francisco, came on the heels of another mass shooting in the Southern California city of Monterey Park on Saturday. They have added one more death to that total, bringing it to 11 people. Archbishop Salvatore Cordelioni issued a statement on YouTube.
9: The recent shootings in Monterey Park and now in Half Moon Bay remind us of how fragile human life is, but also how precious human life is. We must never take human life for granted. We must never take out our aggressions and our frustrations on, on others, and especially in any form of violence. Yes, we need to come together to pray. We pray for the victims, their families, the perpetrator, but we need to pray all the time, not just during these moments of great tragedy, but all the time. We need to reclaim God at the center of our lives. He is the one who will grant us his peace.
2: Now, California Governor Gavin Newsom said he was driving to visit Monterey Park victims in the hospital when he was called away and informed of the shooting in Half Moon Bay. It's about 380 miles north of where he was. The suspect in the Half Moon Bay shooting is cooperating with investigators, but a a motive has yet to be established. Ah,
1: Just the last couple of days. Uh, It's just brutal. Yeah. Well, U.S. health officials want to make COVID-19 vaccinations more like the annual flu shot. The Food and Drug Administration on Monday proposed a simplified approach for future vaccination efforts, allowing most adults and children to get a a once-a-year shot to protect against the mutating virus. This means Americans would no longer have to keep track of how many shots they've received or how many months it's been since their last booster. The proposal comes as boosters have become a hard sell, while more than 80 percent of the U.S. population has had at least one vaccine dose, only 16 percent of those eligible have received the latest boosters authorized in August. The FDA will ask its panel of outside vaccine experts to weigh in on its proposal later this week. The FDA will also seek input on switching all vaccines to target the same strains. That would be great if they could come up with just one Once, vaccine. Yes. You go get your flu shot and your COVID shot, and boom, you're done and for done. the year. Yeah. And
2: then, uh, will it eventually be an opportunity to just it's one shot COVID yeah. and and flu all, all in one? Yep. Maybe that make be. it even easier. Well, the reaction to Bayam Zachari purchasing the iconic Astoria house from the beloved 1985 film The Goonies has been overwhelmingly positive, especially as the new owner of the 126-year-old house has made it clear he's thrilled to welcome fans of the movie who want to see the home. One person, though, clearly unhappy about that. They plastered their displeasure all over the front Of their house. KGW reports a neighbor who lives two houses down from the Goonies' house hung a large banner on their house that reads, Goonies, not welcome. Well, in response to the large amount of traffic that attracts into the small private neighborhood. Yeah. Well, that's in stark contrast to the open arms approach of Zachariah. He placed a banner on his house in response that reads, Hey, you guys, Goonies, welcome. Well, the neighborly spat didn't end there with those two. A friend of the new owner who bought the house between the Goonies' house and the other neighbor, well, he hung a banner on his own home. That one was a huge black arrow pointing to the Goonies' not welcome sign. It says, ignore Karen. <laughs> Now, Karen is a slang term used to describe someone who acts entitled or makes unreasonable demands. I'm not crazy about the term. My my best friend's name is Karen.
1: It's tough Tough for Karens. It is
2: very tough for Karens. Now, whether that description applies to the neighbor or not is up to personal interpretation. Listen, you have this beautiful 100-year-old plus home. Imagine this. Back in 2015, on the 30th anniversary of the film... 1,500 visitors a day were coming into the neighborhood to take a picture of themselves in front of that house. So, you know, as a neighbor, you would, you know, you you want to be kind, you want to be tolerant. But at the same time, I could kind of sense how that would feel a little intrusive. You want to have a party at your house, but there's no parking because Goonie fans are all over the place. I
1: think they need to get together, have some coffee have some coffee let's work it out friends i think there
2: is a path forward for sure yeah
1: well hopefully they can work it out that's tough in sports nice bounce back game for the portland trailblazers following their collapse to the lakers sunday night last night at the modus center portland blasted the san antonio spurs 147 to 127 offensively the blazers had it going shooting nearly 60 percent from the field and hitting 20 of 33 three-pointers Damian Lillard notched 37 points and 12 assists for Portland. Teammates Anthony Simon scored 26 points, and Yusuf Nurkic Nurkic collected 25 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. Now, while the Spurs have the fourth-worst record in the NBA, things get a little more challenging for the Blazers tomorrow evening when they face the Utah Jazz. It's the fourth game of a six-game homestand for Portland.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: And this Thursday, beginning at 3 o'clock, it's Catholic Bible study from the Grotto, happening in person and live stream from the Grotto Auditorium. Join Father Edgar Benedi and for a weekly hour of Bible study, an opportunity to deepen your knowledge about the Word of God in the Sunday readings. Uh, it's BYOB. Bring your own Bible, okay, please. Okay, good. And remember, you can't find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
1: We'll have more on Encounter Ministries right after the forecast
10: this is father peter Julia, the vocations director for the archdiocese of portland in oregon please join modern day radio and the archdiocese of portland office of vocations as we unite in prayer with all young men and women to know their vocation in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen heavenly father you have created me to know love and serve you i know there are many ways in life to fulfill this calling but of them all there is one way especially for me by which i will become a saint Help me to desire what you desire for me. And I pray that you send the Holy Spirit into my mind, heart, and soul, so that I will have the courage to follow you in all things. Mary, my mother, help me to say yes to God's will as you did. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, help me to love as you love. If it is your will that I am called to serve you as a priest or consecrated person, give me the grace and strength to follow you with joy to the end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
4: This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for The Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church.
2: Catch The Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: It is 744 at Mater Dei Radio, an air stagnation and dense fog advisory up and down the valley today. We'll see decreasing clouds, high of 45 degrees, patchy fog overnight tonight, low of 38, and then partly sunny for Wednesday, high of 49.
2: Currently it is 38 degrees at the Madeline here in Portland.
1: And 34 degrees at the St. Thomas More Newman Center in Eugene.
2: I am back with Kevin Minetti. Kevin has been joining us today talking about Encounter School of Ministries. Kevin is the director of the Portland branch, and they are getting ready to start the school later in the fall. He's joining me today to explain, well, exactly what will happen through this ministry. Kevin, thank you so much for staying with me today.
6: Yes, thank you for having me again. This is fun.
2: I think people have the idea of school as, all right, I've got my backpack and my books in hand, and I'm going to sit at a desk, and they're going to teach me something, and then I'm going to be tested on it, and they're going to give me a degree when I'm done. Encounter Ministry, yeah, just a little bit different kind of a result. Tell our listeners what Encounter Ministry teaches in these two-year programs.
6: Sure. Well, first, I'll probably lay out kind of what it looks like when you enter into class. So each night is set up relatively the same. So you enter in. The first part of class is worship. Um, That's part of class. That's not uh, what I like to say, like a warm up. Uh, You come in and uh, worship makes it less awkward. No, worship is so essential so that you can enter into a space of prayer and expectation and, and see God for who he is and who you are before him. So that's the first part of class. Um, There's two teaching sessions to the class. So there is teaching and each one will be developed around whatever that quarters theme is. After each session, at the end of it, there are activations. Now, activations are more of like practical applications. You just heard a talk, you heard a teaching, and now we're going to see how can we apply this in class. So For example, one of the quarters is physical healing. So we look around and and we ask who's in physical discernible pain. And you gather around students and they get to practice a healing model that they're learning in the class and pray and see what happens there. Spoiler alert, a lot happens when there's faith in the room. And and we've seen miracles happen in that very class. Um, There's also homework to help you take risks and develop what you learn in class and then uh usually the the time frame is is worship will start officially at six sometimes it'll start earlier around 5 30 uh for those who who really want to press in for more and then uh, we're usually out of there by nine o'clock in the evening now as far as the the quarters uh for the class so it's a two-year school now i will say two years anybody planning for that will often say Oh gosh, that's, that's really long. That's, that's a lot there. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of the quip uh, that I've, I've embraced that Patrick Rice has said, he said, well, this is a a school of transformation. So discipleship is so important and it's actually one year less than Jesus did. (laughs) Um, So we're, we're looking at when you are in a process of something, it takes time. It takes time to not just, learn something mechanically, but you are learning something in relationship. It's about an encounter. That's why it's encounter ministries. It's not structured ministries, programmatic ministries. This is developed in relationship with Jesus Christ and Holy Spirit. So that's kind of the two year. And there's so much to learn. Like when when I finished, I was like, ah, that's it. <laughs> wow. I want more. Can we make this a five-year program? <laughs> but uh, so the, the quarter's as they go, the first one is identity. So the logic is you don't do any ministry until you learn who you are before God and what he thinks about you. Because otherwise, we we might have the temptation to do ministry out of a, a bad place, what we call a performance-based mentality that if I do things, I will be good enough. And God says you already are. So there's a lot of scripture to support that. There's a lot of teaching. Honestly, that was my favorite quarter of the whole two-year program was, was learning who I am before God and really, really spending time with that. The other quarters for the first year, we have prophecy and hearing God's voice. We have physical healing, and then we have inner healing and freedom. So those first four themes, those first four quarters are really what allow people to partner with the basic ministry that Jesus was doing when he was here on the earth. The second year goes a little bit deeper. So the first quarter of that second year is power evangelization. And and those are some of the the more practical tips of how to actually spread the gospel, how to develop a testimony, how to seek after um, using what you learned was possible in the first year and apply it. Then we have intimacy with God. And we go into maybe the more contemplative area of the church, the mystical area of the church. And what we find from a lot of the um, great mystics and monks who actually lived very supernatural lives out of their communion with God. And it's a very beautiful, very rich Catholic quarter. And then the second to last quarter is advanced ministry. So all the things that maybe we're covered in the first year, but we get to take them a little bit deeper in each of their areas. Maybe these wouldn't be things that you would teach somebody who's learning Mm -hmm. um, about these things for the first time. So it takes some maturity to handle these concepts. And then the last one is leadership and deployment. How do you take everything that you've learned and develop it and develop it in community and make sure that it has the right order and balance in your life? One of the best parts, I think, of the whole entire ministry school is there is a required ministry project. So every every student has to partner with at least one other person, and they do a ministry project. And what I saw out of this, specifically in the Seattle campus, is so many ministries were birthed out of this project that are still continuing. Where we attended was at St. Stephen the Martyr, and oh my goodness, their parish exploded with so many ministries from children's ministry, youth ministry. There were so many things that happened out of that is Is—is it's not just good enough to learn and absorb all this content. It's really designed, what are we going to do with it? We have, we have a hurting world. How are we going to take these tools and spread them? And, and maybe it's not just in the church. Like some people were ministering in the shopping mall. And they'd go and pray for people. And then when people find out these are Catholics, whoa, whoa, wait, what? <laughs> like these wow. are Catholics that are stepping out and ministering, and I'm being loved on while I'm in the shopping mall. Like something's different.
2: <laughs> wow, that sounds incredible. And it is part of the Encounter Ministry School that will be opening their branch here in Portland later this year. Kevin Minetti is the director of the school in Portland, and he's joining us today. Okay, Kevin, so they have put these two years in and then what happens? What's the purpose of preparing these people and, and what do they do once the schooling portion is done?
6: Yeah, I think I've heard it said from both Patrick and, and Father Matthias that their goal is not to build a big ministry. Their goal is to build big people. So our goal in encountering Christ and I think Jesus's goal of encountering anybody that he met was to make them into Christians, little Christ, replicas, disciples of who he is. So we're looking that if someone who is authentically Christian, who has been trained and believes what Jesus taught, enters into a room where there are hurting people, where there are people that are broken either emotionally or physically, their chances of getting better just increase by you walking into a space. That's ultimately our goal. We would love to see great ministries. We would love to see radical conversions and transformations. But the reality is, if you walk in, we we want people that are so authentically dialed in that they change their sphere of influence wherever that may be.
2: Well, so often, Kevin, and you point out that perfectly with your example, that when we do ministry, while we are doing the ministry for someone else, what we get back through doing that ministry feels even greater than what we are able to do. So it sounds just like a really amazing program getting off the ground here in Portland. So for listeners who are intrigued the way that I have been in our discussion, where can they find out more information about what's happening here in Portland?
6: Sure. Well, I'll say applications are going to open for the school starting January 15th. So they will be open. Um, and the school itself will start in September. Now we'll have a summer event to really kind of give an introduction to the school or for those that can't make the school. Um, it's just a, a small preview that's going to happen over the summer. But if they want more information on that or where all of our details will be posted, it's encounterschool.org Portland and we also have a facebook page set up we'll probably have more social media set up soon and that's encounter school of ministry portland campus but i'll say encounterschool.org/portland it'll talk about all the details of the school kind of give you some more videos of what's happening nationally throughout Encounter Ministries, not just in our Portland campus.
2: Wow, Kevin, just what an incredible opportunity and what a leap of faith that you have taken in order to bring this to our area, an area so in need of a ministry like Encounter Ministries. Thank you so much for your work. Thank you for joining me today.
6: Absolutely, thanks for having me, Brenda.
2: And again, that is Kevin Minetti, the Encounter School of Ministry, Portland Branch Director. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to add the link that Kevin was just talking about where you can find out more information about the school and Encounter Ministries. I'm going to add that link to the podcast of this interview. You can access that podcast at MatardayRadio.com and also through the Hail Mary Media app.
1: It is 7.56 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Don't forget about that free Hail Mary media app. You can find out all the details on our website at materdayradio.com.
4: Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist.
0: bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator
1: K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at ModerndayRadio.com. Hi everyone, this is David from Modern Day Radio's Morning Blend. I would like to invite you to check out my new podcast, On The Go, where I have a chance to visit with coaches, musicians, artists, and more we go a little bit more in-depth with the podcast, which hopefully gives you a little more insight into the good folks we talk to. It's on the go, available on your favorite podcast platform or Monterey Radio's free Hail Mary media app. I'll talk to you soon.
0: The Morning Blend. It's a cup of joy with David and Brenda on Monterey Radio.
1: at Monterey Radio and another tech company making cuts. We'll tell you who in the news.
2: And St. Francis de Sales, six words to live by. I'll tell you what they are coming up right after Awaken the Saint.
11: Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Francis was set up to become some sort of lawyer or political figure and continue on the family line of power in modern-day France. This was all fine for the young boy and even began attending college by the age of 12. Throughout his youth, though, He wrestled with a belief in predestination and thought his soul was bound for hell. It wasn't until he was 20 years old that Francis came to know the true love of God the Father and rededicated his love to the Lord. He was also convinced God was calling him to the priesthood, but knew his father wouldn't allow it. Francis completed his degree in law and theology in 1571 at the age of 24 and was ready to begin the life his father wanted for him. Francis became a senate advocate but still felt restless in his life. While riding out one day, he was thrown from his horse three times and each time he fell, his swords would also tumble out, falling into the shape of a cross with its scabbard. He knew it was time to stop running. As expected, his father was furious. Francis was throwing away a career and an arranged marriage for the priesthood, but Francis knew it was time to drop everything to follow God. His parents eventually came to accept his calling after he exhibited his gentle and joy-filled lifestyle. Father Francis was ordained around the time of the Calvinist uprising in Switzerland, and he made it his mission to re-educate the countryside Christians however he could. His gentle and clear explanation of the faith would actually come to bring many back to the faith and was even able to minister through sign language to the deaf, making him the patron saint of deaf people. Eventually, he became Bishop of Geneva, where he would remain until his death in 1622. But before that, he met and befriended a very important saint in his journey, Jeanne de Chantel. With her help, they developed the order of the visitation through corresponding letters that still survive to this day. While founding the Order, Bishop Francis began to feel the weight of his ministry. He became the spiritual director for countless people through writing letters, and he was intentional about each word he wrote. The bishop was known for his patience and was noted to have told Jean in one of his letters, I have more than 50 letters to answer. If I tried to hurry over it all, I would be lost. So I intend neither to hurry nor worry. This evening I shall answer as many as I can, and tomorrow I shall do the same, and so I shall go on until I have finished. His teaching that all Christians are called to sainthood and not just the clergy or those in religious life was the foundation for the Second Vatican Council's universal call to sainthood. It was because of the gentle but caring doctor of the church that we've come to recognize all types of saints in the church, both religious and lay Christians alike. You and I are both called into this mission to reach heaven and remain with God for eternity. After all, that's what being a saint is. We don't have to be fully removed from the world or in a religious order to experience holiness. They definitely help, but we no longer see them as a requirement. How are you living your life as if you're called to holiness? What's holding you back? St. Francis de Sales, pray for us.
1: And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Dei Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materderadio.com. It's
2: 8.01. And in your news, on a Monday, the president of the Germans Bishop Conference said he welcomed a letter from the Vatican detailing their concerns about the push for a permanent synodal council that would be a new controlling body of the church in Germany. In a statement published on January 23rd, Bishop George Batzing of Limburg said the German diocesan bishops had discussed the letter and would seek to discuss the matter further in the near future. At the same time, Batzing dismissed concerns that a German synodal council would have authority over the bishops' conference and undermine the authority of individual bishops as unfounded. Now, Catholic News Agency in Germany reported these concerns were addressed in the latest letter from the Vatican because five German bishops asked Rome to do so. Now, running to four pages, the latest Vatican letter to Germany said was approved by Pope Francis and signed by the Vatican Secretary of State, Cardinal Pietro Parolin.
1: Well, another tech company downsizing, Spotify, said Monday that it will cut 6% of its workforce to reduce costs. What has become a familiar refrain the past several weeks in a letter to employees posted on the company's website, CEO Daniel Ek took full responsibility for the job cuts, which he called difficult but necessary, adding, in hindsight, he was too ambitious in or investing ahead of Spotify's revenue growth. Now, the Stockholm-headquartered music streaming business had about 9,800 workers as of the fall of 2022. It reported a loss of $248 million in its most recent financial quarter, as operating expenses shot up by 65%. It has been a difficult time in the tech world over the past few months. Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and Facebook parent meta have all announced plans to cut more than 50,000 employees from their collective ranks.
2: Wow. Spotify. Incredible. Yeah. Another one. Well, a long-awaited and often-delayed murder trial for convicted killer Warren Forrest is finally underway in Clark County. Jury selection began Monday morning, and the trial connected to the death of Martha Morrison in 1974. The trial is expected to last three weeks and could have nearly 100 witnesses called to the stand, two of whom survived attacks by Forrest decades ago. Lawyers will spend most of the day picking a jury and opening statements could begin Tuesday morning. Forrest, now 73 years old, was initially charged in 2019, but the pandemic delayed the trial multiple times. Additional delays were caused when the lead prosecutor became a judge. Now, in 2015, through DNA, the Washington State Crime Lab identified a stain on a dart gun as Morrison's blood. And the judge ruled the dart gun and other Lacamas Lake evidence can be used against Forrest when he faces a ner- new jury 48 years wow. after Morrison disappeared.
1: That's something.
2: 40, nearly 50 years. Mm.
1: Well, the case is closed on Ford Explorer SUVs that were being investigated for exhaust odors in the passenger cabins. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration says it reviewed more than 6,500 consumer complaints, tested SUVs in the field, and called in a variety of automotive and health experts before making the determination. After a six-year review into the matter, the government road agency determined that the Explorers do not have high levels of carbon monoxide in the cabin, and don't need to be recalled. The probe covered nearly 1.5 million explorers from 2011 to 2017 model years. Many complaints came from police departments that used Explorer interceptors as patrol vehicles. The agency determined that ceiling issues due to installation of sirens, lights, and other police items were responsible for some of the elevated exhaust levels in the cabins.
2: Well, two teenagers were arrested on Saturday afternoon after police say they carjacked a woman at Knife Point at Vancouver Mall and led officers on a chase south to Clackamas County. Vancouver police said the victim parked her car in the parking lot on Northeast Vancouver Mall Drive and was walking towards the mall when two boys approached her and demanded her keys. One of them pulled out a knife and threatened her. Williams told KGW that one of the juveniles threatened to cut her face, so she handed over the keys as the suspects got into her car and drove off. Officers spotted the victim's vehicle nearby, tried to pull it over, but the driver kept on going. And witnesses told KGW that uh, that police tried to put down spike strips on Interstate 205 near the Glen Jackson Bridge. The pursuit continued for about 18 miles into Clackamas County, where witnesses reported it came to an end in the parking lot of Clackamas Town Center. This is really sad. Police said the two suspects, a 13-year-old boy and a 14-year-old boy, taken into custody. Mm. Sorry about that, guys.
1: Well, in sports, what a season it has been so far for Alex Fowler of the University of Portland women's basketball team. For the second time this year, the forward from Australia has been named the West Coast Conference Player of the Week. Fowler averaged 19 points, 6 rebounds, and 2.5 steals per contest in road wins over St. Mary's and the Pacific Tigers this past weekend. She also eclipsed 1,900 points while becoming the third pilot ever to do so. Valer was now just 35 points away from tying Martha Sheldon as the all-time leading scorer among Pilots. She's going to get there with only 35 points. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Portland is 8 and 1 in conference play. That's their best 9-game conference start since the 1996-97 season. Pilots host Pepperdine Thursday
9: night.
2: Well, so much of what we read or watch online today is written to go viral or to get clicks. As they say, the advice we see is trendy and will quickly change the next fad. So where can we go when we are looking for trustworthy, time-tested wisdom to guide us in our lives? Well, we can go to the church. As St. Peter once said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And so we can go to the catechism, the Bible, and the many writings of saints and theologians. Spiritual writers don't vie for your attention and flatter your ego so that you will watch all the account videos on their Instagram page. Instead, the saints write in a way that's straightforward, honest, and full of wisdom. Well, Teresa Barber from Alatea.org says she started listening to audiobooks while doing her daily chores. And lately, well, she's been listening to St. Francis de Sales' introduction to the devout life when doing her family's laundry. One phrase from it really stuck with her. And he wrote, say frequently in the midst of your contradictions, this is the path to heaven. Hmm. Well, this is how Teresa puts it. Saying these words draws me out of whatever struggle I'm facing to see things with an eternal perspective. Instead, I would compare it to hiking a really difficult trail and pausing from looking down at your feet to look up. Remember why you're doing this and appreciate your glorious destination that is ahead. She says there's so many contradictions you might be facing, including starting a new school or a job, moving to a house or enduring an illness, or even grieving a loved one. In all of them, remember the gift of those six words. This is the path to heaven. I love that.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: This Friday, beginning at 4 and then also again on Saturday, beginning at 830. It is the Roman Catholic Challenge 2023 at Aquinas Hall Holy Rosary Parish in Portland. Come and see this exciting Jeopardy style competition in which teams of 5th through 12th graders demonstrate their knowledge of their faith. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app.
1: And we have a homily highlight coming up with Monsignor John Sayak. It's right after the forecast.
4: Support for Monterey Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsborough online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665
12: Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Portland Division of the World Apostolate of Fatima. WAF is the only Fatima organization worldwide to speak in the name and with the authority of the Church on Fatima. The World Apostolate of Fatima promotes the faithful message of Fatima, including praying the rosary daily and practicing the First Saturday Devotion. WAF information can be found at bluearmy.com.
5: Find the peace you need by joining Monterey Radio and the Benedictine monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. Throughout the day, you can break away from the stress and worry of your world and journey to the Abbey Church on the Hilltop for a live stream of the Liturgy of the Hours. In addition to these peaceful times with the monks, the Hail Mary Media app also features Monterey Radio's live broadcast, podcast of all our original programming including shows available exclusively on the app, an interactive community calendar of Catholic events, your own customizable schedule of personal prayer reminders, and much more. Download some peace into your life today. Look for Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or click matradayradio.com for all the details. Find your peace with the Benedictine Monks of Mount Angel Abbey on the Hail Mary Media app. From Matreday Radio, The bridge between your faith and everyday life.
1: And it is 812 at Monterey Radio. Well, we do have an air stagnation advisory in effect throughout the Willamette Valley. You get down to the central southern part of the valley. Also a dense fog Uh advisory in effect as well. A little chilly too. We'll have decreasing clouds today, a high of 45 degrees. Patchy fog again tonight and tomorrow. Then tomorrow, partly sunny skies, high of 49.
2: Currently, it is 35 degrees at St. Philip's Catholic Church up in Woodland.
1: And 30 degrees at St. Edward's Church in Lebanon.
0: Need a recap of Sunday's readings? It's time for Homily Highlights on Mater Day Radio.
2: And today's Homily Highlight brought to you by... Monsignor John Sayak, pastor at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee.
8: Well, one of my very best friends is Father Derek Lappy. He's a priest to the Archdiocese of Seattle, and if you've ever been up to Bremerton, the Navy town, uh, he's the pastor there. And we met in seminary, gosh, well over, probably close to 30 years ago. And uh, he grew up in Longview, Washington. And when we were at the seminary, I was I was from Oregon, and he was from Washington, and we were in Rome, and so we like we hit it off immediately. But we talk every week and a lot of times we're just we're we're kind of pinging off each other about the homily about what we should talk about. And and he was sharing with me uh, this this story from his own life that I thought would be good to help illustrate the gospel. So so Father Lappy, um, when he was a young teenager, his life was on a very bad trajectory after his parents divorce. That, uh, that after that happened, he and his, his brothers and his other sisters just started to, to go in the wrong direction. And he, he remembers is that Jesus intervened in his life in a very powerful way through his priest, the new priest that had come to Longview to be pastor. His name is Father Hans Olsen. And and he was a, he's a man's man, he's, uh, he's fatherly, he's faithful, he's orthodox, he, he celebrates the sacraments with reverence, with great love for the saints and the church, he loved his people. And Father Lapi says, that guy changed my life. Like it set my life back on a trajectory to where he, be- he could become a priest. And uh, his, one of his brothers, who's, who's, a, who's a Marine officer, um, just simply says, that guy, Father Olson, that guy saved my life. Father Olson's impact on those young boys had a massive ripple effect for the good. If you think about it, well, Father Olson, why did he become a priest? Well, he felt called to be a priest when he was very young, but his dad was against it. In fact, at the time, his dad wasn't even Catholic. And most of his brothers went off into the family car business and that was an easy, natural path to a life of, of comfort and security. And, uh, but no, he chose the seminary, and, he went, and because he was faithful and orthodox, go, getting through the seminary in the 1980s wasn't an easy thing. And there's a lot of excuses that Father Hans could have given not to be a priest. And then it make, makes you think, like, without Father Olson, What would have become of Father Lappi and his life? And Father Lappi is a great priest. He's an inspiring priest, and he's been a priest for over 20 years now. Imagine the ripple effect, what Father Hans Olsen had on Father Lappi and both of them in their priesthood on so many other people. You can trace this back to the church, to the gospel, to the priesthood of the very first men who gave their yes to Jesus. You know, one of the first things that Jesus does when he begins his public ministry is that he calls these men, these fishermen who will become fishers of men. And the apostles are on the lake fishing. They're in the middle of their work, their business, their daily life. And Jesus walks into their life and he meets them there. And he says, come after me and I will make you fishers of men. And what does St. Matthew tell us? Peter and Andrew, at once they left their nets and followed him. And James and John, immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. There's something about Jesus. There's something about his presence, his voice, his words, his summons, his call, his invitation that inspires these men to trust him and to leave everything behind so that they can say yes to follow him. And this will begin their great journey and adventure, watching, listening, experiencing our Lord in those three years at his side with those huge ups and downs, triumphs and defeats, clarity and misunderstanding, strength and weakness, their own sin and his grace, until he sends them out to the ends of the earth to teach his saving gospel to the whole world and ultimately to give their lives to witness to the truth that Jesus Christ is God and that he saves us from sin and death. These men went deep with the Lord and this massive ripple effect which changed the course of his human history and continues down through the ages. What about us? Jesus is calling, he's called us to follow him, you know, and we need more priests. Right? We don't have enough priests. We need more holy people. And you know, when you think about, well, there could be reasons why fewer young men today are, are choosing the priesthood. Could be just being, having difficulty making a lifelong commitment, right? which seems to characterize the younger generation. Fears, right? what will my parents and friends think? Will I be happy? or just being formed in worldly desires and not holy desires, so that I don't, I'm not, I don't think what God wants, I think about what I want. Or maybe just living a worldly life so that what God wants never really c- comes up on the radar. I want this house, this car, this career, this hobby, this relationship, whatever that might be. Or it could be the bad example of some priests, which we're all familiar with. Or celibacy, right, in our hypersexualized culture to think that chase celibacy might seem impossible. A lot of these are the perennial reasons, right? Think about the reasons those first apostles may have had to not respond to Jesus' call. And they're all real reasons that can cause hesitation to saying yes for a young man to go off to the seminary. But there's really only one response to all of these difficulties. Jesus Christ. You know, I was struck uh, by uh, Jonathan Rumi. I don't know if you saw him at the March for Life. Uh, you know, Jonathan Rumi, he's playing Jesus in the, in the series The Chosen, right? And he's, he's talking to the young people at the March for Life, and he just says, just very simply, he said, God is real and he is completely in love with each and every one of you. God is real and he's completely in love with each and every one of you. You know, back in 2005 uh, Pope Benedict XVI was talking to some seminarians at world youth day and he said this, he said, the seminarian experiences the beauty of God's call in a moment of grace, which could be defined as falling in love. It is only when a young man has had a personal experience of Christ that he can truly understand the Lord's will and consequently his own vocation. So what is it that we need? We need to meet Jesus Christ, who is real and who is alive and to hear his call, and to respond to it. Right? We don't suffer from a vocations crisis. We suffer from a crisis of faith. We need to believe that he is real and that he has risen from the dead. And that's for all of us, whatever God's call is for, for us. To recognize that we can trust him that out of everything in this life, only he can really satisfy our hearts, can really make us happy. To know and to believe in him in such a way to have faith essentially, to know that what is wor- that is worth to spend your life serving him and to leave everything else behind. Because we don't know whose life and salvation depends upon our yes to the Lord. I'm sure Father Olson had no idea that part of the ripple effect of his life was for another priest. St. John Paul II, back in 1998, he was talking to some altar servers who had come to Rome on pilgrimage, and he he said this to them. He said, the modern world boasts of the enticing door which says everything is permitted. It ignores the narrow gate of discernment and renunciation. I am speaking especially to you young Christians, particularly to the many altar servers who have come to Rome these days on pilgrimage. Pay attention. Your life is not an endless series of open doors. Listen to your heart. Do not stay on the surface, but go to the heart of things. And when the time is right, have the courage to decide. The Lord is waiting for you to put your freedom in his good hands. Your life is not an endless series of open doors. It's not a life of day after day of endless possibility. Why? Because love requires commitment. And we can't have love without committing ourselves, which means to make a choice, a choice for him.
2: And that is today's homily highlight with Monsignor John Sayak, the pastor at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. You can listen to that podcast again on our Hail Mary media app or go to our website at maturadayradio.com. And while you're there... Check out the community calendar. Boy, it is really filling up during these ordinary weeks of the church and ways that you can really get involved in a new ministry in the archdiocese or spend a little bit of time on retreat. You can find out all of the events coming up. Again, it is the community calendar under the Get Involved menu, matradayradio.com, and also access it on the Hail Mary media app. facing difficult problems in your marriage oregon retrovi is a lifeline to married couples helping them restore their marriage and rebuild a loving relationship catholic in origin this christian marriage program is open to all married couples no matter what age walk of life faith or ethnic background oregon retrovi is a practical program to improve communication build stronger marriages and help couples reconnect Presenters are not trained marriage counselors, but rather couples sharing their personal stories and the tools that they use to rediscover their love. Begin your journey to healing. All it takes is a decision to find out more. Go to helpourmarriage.org and start the process today. That's helpourmarriage.org to learn more about this transformational program. Oregon Retrovi a lifeline. For Married Couples. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7:30 p.m. right here on
12: Day Radio or anytime on matterdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app.
0: Lattes and cappuccinos may be tasty, but it's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda that will get your day started right on Day Radio.
1: It's 826 at Monterey Radio, and we'll tell you about a sinkhole on a popular dune at the Oregon coast in the news.
2: And the Archdiocese of Seattle launched their Partners in the Gospel Initiative, but the faithful coming to Mass each week see it, the closing of many churches across western Washington. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Francesca Battistelli. He knows my name. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Spend
13: some
1: That is Francesca Battistelli, and he knows my name. It's 830 at Matre Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news, citing a decline in both practicing Catholics and available resources, the Archdiocese of Seattle has become the latest U.S. diocese to announce that it will embark on a years-long parish consolidation initiative. Titled Partners in the Gospel, the process will follow a model used in other parish consolidation initiatives around the country where two or more parishes will come together to create a new parish family under the leadership of one pastor and one or more parochial victors. Archdiocesan leaders said the initiative is essential given the present situation in western Washington. With all of the changes that we're facing today, globally, culturally, and within the church, it is very clear the status quo is no longer an option, said Archbishop Paul Achen in a statement announcing the plan January 22nd. The archdiocese highlighted the reality that while the population in western Washington continues to grow, the number of practicing Catholics continues to decline, as evidenced by fewer registered households fewer people attending mass, and drops in overall parish life. The reality is compounded by a decline in resources, including priests, lay leaders, and finances. The Archdiocese has 80 pastors for its 174 locations, but predicts the number of clergymen will decline to around 66 over the next 13 years. Now, the archdiocese also expects to have fewer seminarians and lay ministers. So as outlined by the archdiocese, the first step are parish and archdiocesan consultations that begin in the spring. Then the public will have the opportunity to provide input on parish families in the fall. Hmm. So here is the whole timeline. This yeah. is a years-long process. Right. This is not a, a quick process by sure. any means. But nonetheless, it launched this month. By spring and summer, they're entering into the consultation process. In the fall of this year will be public comment. Then in early 2024, parish families are announced. And after some discussion, then in early July of 2024, those parish families are formed. Then between the years of 2024 and 2027, parish families will discern and plan and then 2027, the forming of one parish. Okay. So this is a long process. Yeah. We've got to enter into this, though, I guess, looks like over the next four years.
1: You know, w- what comes to my mind in, is this reminds me of like a, a an arena or a sporting event. If you go to a big arena, but you only have a few people in it, yep. it's not as vibrant as if you go to an arena and you have a whole lot of people in sure. the arena. So if you're doing this consolidation... Maybe you make the parish, whatever ends up being the parish, more vibrant. You see what yeah. I'm saying?
2: That's the hope yeah. that, that is the overall reaching umbrella in all of this that we have to enter into this with hope, realizing that something has to be done. Yeah. It just We can't do this anymore. Sure. We have fewer and fewer priests to mm. tackle the churches.
1: Well, a small sinkhole measuring 20 feet wide and 15 feet deep was discovered at Cape Kiwanda State Natural Area Sunday in the lower northwest corner of the dune. Oregon Park and Recreation Department staff were alerted to the presence of the sinkhole Sunday morning, cordoned off the area for safety. They're asking that visitors respect the barrier and to keep pets on leashes and children away from the edges. Parks Department is looking into possible causes of the sinkhole and are continuing to monitor the situation. Officials say Cape Kiwanda is a rarity for the Oregon coast, as it is a sandstone outcropping. Now, sandstone is naturally much weaker and prone to sudden changes compared with the hardier rock-like basalt. While any natural area carries risk, enjoying Cape Kiwanda safely requires visitors to, to pay special attention. To where they're walking obviously we've all walked while well, i've walked up there and you guys mm, yep, went we there have too and uh, yeah it is i mean you do have to be careful they have of course barriers and things for sure but you can see when you when you're there how it can be dangerous if you're not paying attention Absolutely. but now with the sinkhole It's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing there because it's like, well, you you just can't leave the sinkhole, you wouldn't think.
2: You wouldn't think. But I think if they figure out why in that spot, it looks like a little crater. Yeah, I mean, that's what it it kind of looks like. It's just kind of cone-shaped like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we'll see what they say. Hopefully, they'll still be able to go out on that rock because, boy. It's beautiful. It is the best view on the coast. Well, seven people were killed in a mass shooting at two locations in the coastal northern California city of Half Moon Bay on Monday. And the suspect was arrested after driving to a police parking lot, apparently attempting to turn himself in, officials said. Now, the shooting in Half Moon Bay, about 30 miles south of San Francisco, came on the heels of another mass shooting in the southern California city of Monterey Park on Saturday that killed 11 people Archbishop Salvatore Cordlione of the Archdiocese of San Francisco issued a statement on YouTube
9: The recent shootings in Monterey Park and now in Half Moon Bay remind us of how fragile human life is But also how precious human life is we must never take human life for granted We must never take out our aggressions and our frustrations on on others and especially in any form of violence Yes, we need to come together to pray. We pray for the victims, their families, the perpetrator, but we need to pray all the time, not just during these moments of great tragedy, but all the time. We need to reclaim God at the center of our lives. He is the one who will grant us his peace.
2: California Governor Gavin Newsom said he was visiting Monterey Park victims in the hospital when he was called away and informed of the shooting in Half Moon Bay about 380 miles to the north the suspect was cooperating with investigators but a motive had yet to be established
1: you know you and i were talking about this this morning when we came in and we were both just like what do you say anymore
2: (laughs) I don't ever want this to just become a common announcement where it's like we're just listing yeah. numbers this week of mass shootings. And, yeah. boy, it it feels that way so much. Yes. And thank you, Archbishop Porlani, for, for giving us words of hope.
1: Absolutely. Well, U.S. health officials want to make COVID-19 vaccinations more like the annual flu shot. The Food and Drug Administration on Monday proposed a simplified approach for future vaccination efforts, allowing most adults and children to get a -a once-a-year shot to protect against the mutating virus. This means Americans would no longer have to keep track of how many shots they've received or how many months it's been since their last booster. The proposal comes as boosters have become a hard sell, with more than 80 percent of the U.S. population having at least one vaccine dose. Only 16 percent of those eligible have received the latest boosters authorized in August. The FDA will ask its panel of outside vaccine experts to weigh in on its proposal later this week. FDA will also seek input on switching all vaccines to target the same strains. That would be nice if you Mm -hmm. could get it down to one vaccine and if you get the flu shot and the COVID thing together. And, yeah, I mean, it would – I think a lot of people just kind of, you know, uh, did I get a booster? Okay. Yeah. Yep, if you could do it
2: all at once, I think that – they would be have more success in people getting it. Yeah. Well, the reaction to Bayman Zakiri pur- purchasing the iconic Astoria house from the beloved 1985 film, The Goonies, has been overwhelmingly positive, especially as the new owner of the 126-year-old houses made it clear he's thrilled to welcome fans of the movie who want to see the home. One person, though, is clearly unhappy about that. They plastered their displeasure all over the front of their house. KGW reports a neighbor who lives two houses down from the Goonies' house hung a large banner on their house that reads, Goonies, not welcome. (laughs) And in response to the large amount of traffic it attracts to the small private neighborhood. Well, that's in stark contrast to the open arms of Zachary. He placed a banner on the house in response that reads, Hey, you guys, Goonies, welcome. (laughs) Well, the neighborly spat didn't end with those two, though. A friend of the new owner (coughs) who bought the house between the Goonies' house and the other neighbor, well, he hung a banner on his home. That one says, ignore Karen, with an arrow pointed to the unwelcome sign. Uh. Of course, we know Karen is that slang term used to describe someone who acts a little entitled. I don't like the use of that (laughs) word. I think it's time to put that to rest. But that is what he said. Yeah. Now, whether that description applies to the neighbor or not is up for personal interpretation. But just imagine this. Back in 2015, on the 30th anniversary of the film, brought as many as 1,500 visitors a day to the house, leading to the home's previous owners to temporarily cover the house in tarps with a posting sign that said, No trespassing. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I don't know what the answer is on this one. Uh, I don't know what the city code is like if there is a city code that, you know, kind of overlaps all of this. I'm not I'm not aware, but that could be the case. A
2: coming together of the neighborhood, I think, would be a good step in the right direction.
1: Yeah, hopefully they can do that and figure it all out. Well in sports, nice bounce back game for the Portland Trail Blazers following their collapse to the Lakers Sunday night. So last night at the Moda Center, Portland blasted the San Antonio Spurs 147 to 127. Offensively, the Blazers had it going, shooting nearly 60% from the field and hitting 20 of 33 three-pointers. Damian Lillard notched 37 points and 12 assists for Portland. Teammates Anthony Simon scored 26 points, and Yusuf Nurkic collected 25 points, 11 rebounds, and 7 assists. Now, while the Spurs have the fourth-worst record in the NBA, things get a little more challenging for the Blazers tomorrow evening when they face the Utah Jazz. It's the fourth game of a six-game homestand for Portland. Oh,
0: what's it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: And next Monday at 7 o'clock p.m. is the But for the Grace of God presentation at St. Henry's Parish in Gresham. Gresham. The Justice and Peace Committee of St. Henry Parish invite all to a free presentation by three panelists who will share what is being done in our community to address the issue of homelessness and help those living on the streets. Attendees will have opportunity to ask questions. And remember, there is more information on these and other events going on in our neighborhood. Just head over to the community calendar. You're going to find it under the Get Involved menu at MontereyRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
1: It is Tuesday, so that means it is Tech Tuesday. Sarah Kenzie going to join us right after the forecast
14: Christopher Minutes, Thoughts on Making Every Day Count. I'm Tony Rossi. When Father James Keller founded the Christophers in 1945, he chose as our prayer the beautiful words attributed to Francis of Assisi. I'd like to share them with you now. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. This message was brought to you by The Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness.
12: Support from Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Blessings from Heaven, the peaceful place to shop for all things Catholic. Blessings from Heaven has a variety of gifts for all occasions and many other Catholic items to choose from. Located on the corner of 3rd and Southwest Tucker Avenue in Beaverton, Blessings from Heaven is open Tuesday through Saturday. For more information, call 503-644-1814.
1: 845 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, kind of a, it's funny, we were looking out the window and where we're at, we're up a little higher and we're not in the clouds. But then I was looking down below and it looked foggy. So we'll have to ask Sarah that if she had encountered fog on her way in this morning. There is a dense fog advisory and air stagnation out there. The dense fog advisory more in the Central Southern Valley air stagnation advisory up and down the valley. We'll see decreasing clouds today with a high of 45 degrees. Tonight, patchy fog, low of 38. And then for Wednesday, partly sunny skies, high of 49, although that air stagnation advisory will remain in effect.
2: Currently, it is 41 degrees at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver.
1: And it is 40 degrees at Holy Family Church in Portland.
2: Well, every Tuesday at the 8.40 or so uh, spot, Sarah Kenzie joins us. We talk a little Tech Tuesday. We let you know what's coming to your inbox this afternoon from Mater Day Radio. Today, Sarah jumped road debris <laughs> and work and all kinds of things, but she has made it here on time. Was it foggy? I actually, wasn't. Not where uh, I was. All right. No. Uh, blue skies above? Yeah. Yeah, it was nice.
1: There you okay. Go.
2: Yes, because looking out across the valley from Mater Day Radio up here on Sylvan Hill, it looks like Beaverton's kind of covered in a yeah. little uh, I fog. Think
1: maybe farther farther the southwest
2: southwest you more go
1: it uh, gets fogier.
2: Okay. So be aware yeah, of that. Yeah. Give yourself time. Maybe just finish off that cup of coffee and listen to some Tech Tuesday with Sarah Kenzie joining us today. So, all right, Sarah, you are ready to go, though, with a new email that is hitting the inboxes of listeners across the area today. A big, big event coming up. We always hear at Day Radio excited to support the Oregon March for Life. It's coming up. Lois Anderson highlighted on today's email.
15: That's right. So um, I loved this interview, Brenda, that you did with Lois um, about the Oregon March for Life, which is happening this Saturday, January twenty eighth, at the state capitol. Um, and if you haven't been before, we really encourage you to go. Um, I know so many people in our community have been going for years. I mean, my my parents started taking me when I was a kid, and um, you know, it, it's just such an important um, day to come together and to witness, um, you know, to be a witness for life. And, uh, you and Lois talked about how this is the first March after Roe v. Wade was overturned. So I think it's really important to listen to this conversation. Um, especially because, you know, here in Oregon, um, abortion is, is still legal. And so it's important to kind of listen to, um, Lois's perspective. And I, what, one thing I always really appreciate about Oregon right to life is how they have really, you know they really are targeted to the issues going on in our state. Um, they're also very good at encouraging a positive and welcoming tone at the March for Life. So even in your interview, you know, talking about you know some of some of those types of things um, and what you can do to prepare for Saturday. Um, I even like look online. They have um, examples of different signs you can make. You know things that are are more positive and welcoming and and you know, uh, cognizant of those people that have experienced abortion in their lives, too.
2: Right. I think that is it is a beautiful example that, well, we know that the tragedy that abortion is not just for the innocent life lost, but also for the mother who are sometimes feeling like they have no other options. And boy, going through Oregon Right to Life, we know that there are so many options available for those who need assistance. Well, Sarah Kenzie is joining us today, sharing about some of the things that you are going to get in your inbox this afternoon. The next one I really like, Sarah, because it kind of reminds me of those times sometimes on television where you have a favorite show that you watch, and mm-hmm. sometimes the producers will do a little crossover Well, they'll bring characters from another show right. and bring them into the same show together. That's a little bit what Miriam Marston did because her guest, Father Cedric, of course, you listen to Miriam on Wednesday evenings, Father Cedric and his show, Live with Passion. Comes on Monterey Radio Thursday evenings. Well, um, Miriam Marston, she's got him on her show this week. That's
15: right. So Father Cedric Fazenia is Miriam's guest this week on Blazing the Trail. Um, so yes, you probably hear Father Cedric um, here at Monterey Radio, or he does the the spots throughout the day, just introducing himself and inviting you to listen to his show. Um, so it was really it was really fun to listen to this interview um, and it was fun to hear his, his story, you know, very inspiring to hear his conversion stories. That's one of the things that they talk about in this episode, um, and how after some time it it was, it was kind of a, a different, uh, step. He felt God's call to really evangelize through print and radio and TV, um, and how he really just wants to help people encounter, jesus and especially through parish missions um but a lot of his other work that he does um and so it's just i almost felt like i was at you know a parish mission just listening to him and miriam talk uh talk through you know what it really means to be open to to god and how you can help you know take those steps to make yourself more open to an encounter with God and, and deeper conversion. So I really encourage you to listen to this episode. It, it was just really a joy to listen to.
2: Of course, you can blaze the trail with Miriam Marston, as I said, and of course, Father Cedric's line, don't just live, live, live with, with passion. passion. Yeah. That's right. Well, Sarah Kenzie lives with passion every day. And I tell you, your passion for what you do as our digital media manager here at Mater Re- uh, Radio, So prevalent, so beautifully expressed in our app. And I'll remind people, Sarah, you were brought on and this was an idea that we had, but we had no idea how to get there. You got us there and you created this beautiful platform, the Hail Mary media app. Just kind of remind our listeners why they should download it today and why they should be using it.
15: Yeah, so I, I'm really excited that we can offer this app as really a gift to to our whole local community. And um, one thing I love about it is how local it is. Um, when you tune into any of the prayers, you hear voices of our Archbishop, our priests, even just the lay people next to you in the pew. Um, and there's something very comforting about praying with people that you know. So if you're here in our local area, um, you can pray along with, you know, with our community. And if you're outside of our local area, it's our, it's our gift to you and bringing you into our community. You can listen to the live stream anytime you want. You can download or listen to all of the podcasts, um, and all of the shows that are on air. The community calendar of course is a great resource. It has the interactive maps. Um, and there's a lot of information about, Uh, living your faith. There's different playlists of different episodes and interviews you can listen to on different topics.
2: All right. Well, people should go to pick up their smartphone today, go to their app store, type in Hail Mary Media, download a free Hail Mary app today. Sarah, thanks so much. We're glad you made it in today and the fog didn't slow you down at all. (laughs) Thank you both. And again, that is Sarah Kenzie, the digital media manager here at Mater Radio. Download the app today.
4: Support for Mater Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, family dentist, online at biancodentistry.com. Or 503 252 1722. That's 503 252 1722. Hello, Bill Lemire here from the Labore Society. Did
5: you know that Labore has now rescued close to 400 Catholic vocations from the barrier of student loan debt? La envisions a culture where vocations to priesthood and religious life will never be lost to student loan debt. Our vision, of course, depends on the generosity of devoted Catholics like you. Please visit rescuevocations.org to learn how you can help us strengthen the future of the Catholic Church.
2: Have you decided that this is the year? Well, you're going to get a few things done to make it memorable. Well, one of those things can be to support Mater Dei Radio when you shop for the cause. With your everyday purchases through Amazon Smiles or Fred Meyer Community Rewards, a percentage will go to support great Catholic programming. Sign up is quick and easy. Just go to our webpage for all the information at materdayradio.com. the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
0: The Morning Blend, brewed in the Pacific Northwest, guaranteed fresh every day on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary.
1: And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Well, we'll see decreasing clouds today. That dense fog advisory remains in effect for the central and south part of the Willamette Valley, as well as an air stagnation advisory. High today, 45. Low tonight, 38. Patchy fog. And then partly sunny for Wednesday, high of 49. It's currently 40 degrees in the Rose City.
2: And closing out our show today, here is PJ Anderson, Your Grace is Amazing. And we are The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
16: Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I'm was grace that taught my heart to fear, heart to fear. And, and grace my fears relieved how precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed yeah. your grace is amazing your grace is amazing It is the one thing that you said.
1: This is BJ Anderson, and your grace is amazing. 859 to Day Radio. Thanks so much for tuning into the Morning Blend on this Tuesday. David and Brenda with you. We do appreciate it. Don't forget now, today is National Compliment Day, so go out there and pay someone a very nice compliment today.
2: It'll make them and you feel good. That's
1: right. It's very nice.
2: That is going to wrap it up for us on The Morning Blend, Voice of the Shepherd coming on this evening at 730, but you can catch the podcast on the Hail Mary media app. Have a very blessed day.